So this morning I'm going to share something God put in my heart, not just a preaching, but something a journey that I myself going through. So before that I have a very brand new joke. So this was three guys uh, was raised up by a single mom, and uh, they become very successful and they have moved out of their home. And one day these three boys met together and said, "We have to do something for our mom. She raised all by herself. So let's come up with a plan." So the first one bought their mama a big fat house a big house and said mama you deserve to live in a big house and the second one said mama you are driving this old car i want to buy you a big car a comfortable car so i want you to drive this the third one said mama you are getting old i see you you are having a hard time reading bible so i have bought this amazing parrot this parrot knows the entire bible so every morning this parrot is going to recite the bible verses for you so they bought all these gifts and gave it to mama and then they left went on to their work and few weeks later they got a mail from their mama and the mama wrote like this sons i'm so glad you got me gift it's so beautiful the house you gave me was so big the car you gave me it's too big to drive but my son i'm so proud of you the third one the chicken you gave me was so delicious anyway lift up your bible and you say this after me everybody come on lord jesus influence me this morning ha huh? holy spirit i pray that you will speak to us i pray that you will put your words in my mouth and it will going to reach to your children and it's going to touch their hearts and minds and when they leave this facility i pray that you will empower them into a deeper walk with you father in jesus name amen amen wonderful so this is a journey that i am at and i'm going to share my journey with you and uh, this is a journey that god is i believe calling the church all of us the topic this morning it's called intimacy and uh, i i put it in brackets intimacy means obedience and i wrote down few statements here i'm going to read this to you knowing god is one thing known by god is totally another thing calling yourself a friend of god is one thing called by god that we are his friend is another thing and i believe we have come to a point where i don't know about you but my journey god gave me a vision and when i was 18 years old he said you will go to all over the world and preach the gospel and then you know it started happening and god took me to more than 110 countries and preaching the gospel and then god brought a beautiful wife and he brought us together and he gave us a vision and he said hey every child can learn you know this education can work out for people with even with special needs kids can learn and sometimes the vision can be so big and we miss the vision giver and we can run with the vision 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 but then we lose focus on the one who gave the vision and it can happen for any one of us we can run and after the presence but not the one who carries the presence we can go after the gifts but not the giver of the gifts and one of the things the holy spirit is nudging me and this is the journey that i am at right now it's not about running after the gifts it's not about running after the presence it's not running after the vision it's taking hold of the one who has called you and i want to talk about intimacy and this is what i wrote down here the greatest pleasure in life is to be known by the one who created us amen hold someone's hand and say the greatest pleasure in life is to be known by the one who created us 
and i believe intimacy does not come automatically or by default or by an accident or coincidence it doesn't come when you come and have a touch a touch based relationship you know there is a english term you know i'm going to touch base with you and many christians have this touch based relationship with jesus and when you have a touch based relationship with jesus that's not intimacy that's just formal and you never reveal your secrets to acquaintances you reveal your secrets to your friends right you get on a bus or in a metro you don't open up your heart if you do that probably you have to check in in a in a, in a mental hospital or something but you you reveal your secrets to your friends and that's why it doesn't come automatically or by default known by god to be known by god requires a deep intimate committed obedient relationship and when i say obedience it's a very big word many times people get it really hard like oh now you're going to talk about rules now you're going to talk about you know challenges but i i'm not going to talk about rules the obedience basically is a sign that you are walking in intimate relationship with the lord and that's the thing i mean we may sucker it we may have a challenging thing that what god has called us is we may not be good at it but doesn't give us the luxury to let go of what god has called us to do we just need to hang in there and do and there are three levels i guess or obedience i wrote down here and it, this is actually for me uh, this is how i evolved over the years the first stage is called give up we give up because we can't fight and win god so we just give up you know we say okay god is too big i can't fight you know what i just give up i just do it the second one is called just do it which basically means we know that he going to win anyway so why bother but there is a deep subtle rebelliousness or even some kind of grumbling you know like sometimes we feel like you know god said i have to do it just do it but there is no joy in doing it but the third stage which is the most beautiful stage and i believe i have not 100% mastered it but i believe god has helped me and my wife to move from those first two stages to the third stage where we surrender we know that god's ways and his will are always good last week i shared that not everything that is good is god's will but god's will is always good amen not everything that looks good is god's will but god's will is always good and we surrender how do we surrender we surrender all of ourselves and yield to its process i don't know anybody know a w doser one of my favorite writers and he says the best way of worship i'm paraphrasing it the best way of worship is when your will yields to the will of god amen it's amazing no when your will because the will is the center part of your soul because the emotions and then you have your your feelings your mind and your emotions but the center part of your soul is your will when your will is says i'm going to take my emotions i'm going to take my mind and i'm going to yield to the will of god that's called surrender that's called worship amen all right so i want to take one scripture in the bible and then kind of break it down so if you're taking notes take notes and um, exodus chapter 33 and it's a beautiful chapter if you have time go home and read it but we are going to take only one verse verse 11 it says inside the tent of meeting the lord would speak to moses face to face as the one speaks to your friend and we all have friends right but we never come to a place of immediate friendship you know we have a saying right now my friend but 
but when you call someone my friend usually that person is not really your close friend we call it's it's a kind of like a catch phrase my friend how is it going but it's not really true so there are different levels where you take your friends inside the first level is when you meet them outside you know the, i lived in holland as a missionary for four years they will never invite you first to their home they will always take you to a cafeteria and they will have a coffee with you they will find out how you are then they will say hey maybe next time we will invite you for a coffee which means only coffee all right that means coffee maybe you get a cookie if you are lucky okay that's the second stage and once they like you the second stage they will talk and they say maybe we can have a meal together okay and they define the meal it's going to be a lunch or dinner dinner means you are really crossed the lunch could be a quick bite a sandwich kind of thing and these are the stages and then they will say hey let's have a vacation together so you grow in the friendship right i mean indian culture we don't have that vaanga 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 we say that but it's kind of you know and then you say eduthunga eduthunga but then he finishes off the whole plate you say this guy came and emptied the whole you know tray so we we kind of have a different culture but the dutch works very systematic they will say i'm not going to invite in and i still remember the dutch when they make sandwich they will either have a cheese sandwich or a salami sandwich they will never mix it together and i remember the first time 2004 october 26th i arrived and my friend took me and he said to me charles you because you are my i was a small group leader in, in south africa so because you are my best friend i'm giving you two slices of cheese on your sandwich which is never i heard of because in the dutch culture because of the world war they lost everything they have learned either you put one slice of cheese or you put one slice of meat and they have come to that place you know the culture has become like that so everybody was getting one slice of cheese i had two slices of cheese that tells me that i am his best friend you know and that to gouda cheese amsterdam cheese is really good anyway why i am telling you this that's why that's what we call friend and it's not about singing i am a friend of god it's about really coming to that intimate relationship so i am going to give you my journey four principles i am learning i have learned but i'm going to still keep learning i'm going to share this these are simple four principles how do we create a lifestyle of intimacy a lifestyle of obedience okay so it's very simple but it's hard to do it the first one abiding in jesus is not an event but a lifestyle abiding in jesus is not an event but a lifestyle what is abiding the bible says in john 15 if you abide in me i abide in you apart from me you can do nothing and the word nothing basically means nothing even in the greek nothing so can you do something without jesus yes but what is the scripture context says you can't do anything eternally significant if you don't stay connected and plugged in with jesus and that's what it means in psalms 80 you know verse 18 i'm reading from the james version because they captured this really well so will not we go back from the quickness and we will call upon your name quickness lord the word quicken the best way quicken is uh, most of you are from cmc 
and when I say this you understand you know uh, sometimes you take your token number and you wait there in front of the booth token number 6 count number 4 you know you wait there but your token is your token is 46 the only 6 is going on and you have reported MRO at, at 8 o'clock you are waiting there right and this you are waiting and this is the word the quicken the, the, the Hebrew word quicken is you are actually eagerly waiting for the Lord to call you you are not just sitting in there it's not the doctor's office you go in the states or in Europe where you have this you know magazines laid out you sit there cross your legs and the receptionists are there there is a you know some doctors in the CMC it's a lot of people are there crowded and you don't know whether you have you have really heard the the number you know you have to rush through and if you don't rush through next number will be punched and you snooze you lose it really works there you know and and but but the basic idea is the quickening the quickening is excited you are waiting there when master is going to call and that's actually what means abiding in Jesus. It's not an event. It's not just Sunday morning for half an hour I worship, listen to your message. It's every day that eager expectation that your ears and your antenna is tuned in such a way that you are quick to hear God and respond. Amen. And I believe God wants us, the church, to be the agents of hope. Not agents of dope, but agents of hope. Amen. We are called to be the agents of hope which means that we can wait with the master and say God I am here hanging out with you Okay, the bible says I am hanging out here and when you call I will answer you Amen. that's called the quickening so I believe that's a habit we have to cult- cultivate and that's a habit you just hang in there you just wait upon the lord you just sink in there so that it becomes a natural thing that you can you can see here God's voice. Okay. This is the first one I wrote down. Cultivating deep roots to bear greater fruits. In order for us to bear fruits, we have to go deeper. Sometimes we don't go deeper because we don't see greater fruits. The more deeper we go, the greater fruits we can produce. And I believe that as Papa's house, I, my prayer is for you. When you come to my mind, this is what I pray. God, I pray that you will Give them a heart to know you unconditionally. Amen. That's my prayer. I pray that you will give them a heart that they will walk in that freedom of knowing you. They will walk in the intimate relationship that you will be that fifth gospel that people look at you and say, yes, Jesus can be visible through your activities. Amen. Jesus can be visible through your lifestyle. So the first principle of living a lifestyle of intimacy is abiding in Jesus is not an event but a lifestyle. Amen. Number two. How do we abide? How do we live a lifestyle of intimacy with Jesus? Pruning is part of discipleship. And I believe sometimes people don't like this word pruning because pruning has been misunderstood as punishment. Let me tell you this very clearly. Pruning is not fun. Pruning is not punishment. Okay. Punishment is to do with your past. Pruning is to do with your future. Punishment tells you what you did wrong. That's why you are getting the punished. But pruning is different. Pruning is to do with your future. One talks about what happened. Another talks about what's going to happen. 
and god uses people god uses problems god uses pleasures but let me read the scripture for you john 15:2 it says he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more sometimes we feel like when we go through this pruning stages we feel like why god you are persecuting me you know sometimes we feel like like i remember heidi baker once once she was telling her own challenges in mozambique you know where she has to go on the boat to some remote islands and there is no electricity and water and they have to carry their own water and everything to go there and preach the gospel and then she said sometimes in the west when the coffee machine is not working or the kettle is not working we say lord why are you persecuting us and sometimes we have come to that place in the urban churches we have we have so much things no we have lot of stuff god has blessed us but sometimes we kind of we say you know what it's not a big deal and we kind of take it for granted but pruning is not fun pruning is challenging pruning can be uh, painful but pruning is always for a greater produce and god is more interested in conquering us than conquering through us amen and the blessings of god he wants to bless us more than you want to be blessed god wants to bless us but more than god wants to bless you he wants to make you in such a way that you can sustain that blessings amen that's why i wrote down here pruning sucks but it produces abundant fruits yielding to the work of the holy spirit is part of character building how god prunes god uses often people problems and pleasures it's easy to remember p p p people problems and pleasures people relationship hello you are only good as you are close to your door and be inside the moment you meet outside and connect with people then you will know you will say lord i am full of patience okay you know i said lord give me patience and then i went to more more supermarket takes more time and suddenly the registry don't work or in front of you somebody messed up and you are praying for patience right people god uses people relationship god uses crisis that's problems sometimes we think oh we wish don't have crisis sometimes people have this crazy wish mentality i wish if i get married all the problems will cease hello all married men can you say amen <laughs> no i'm just kidding but it's not true you know we sometimes we say oh i wish this could happen i wish if i get this crisis or i wish if i have my house my problem will be solved no it's not going true crisis god uses crisis to prune us and the last one this is the most interesting part for the especially for the urban culture god uses choices in other words pleasures god uses pleasures to prune us every time we are bombarded with pleasures every time you are bombarded with choices the choices either brings us closer to god or takes us away from god and god uses this so i wrote down i've said this before i'm going to say this again maybe it sounds like very repetition for you but let me share this god wants you in the wilderness devil also wants you in the wilderness devil wants you because he wants to kill you but god wants you because he wants to use you to kill the works of the devil amen it's very important so when you are going through pruning you know i myself are going through some pruning in some areas of my life when i am going through pruning i am not going to say god why me 
I'm just going to say, God, let me surrender my life to you so that you will be glorified. You will be bear more fruit in my, through my life. And sometimes it's tough. Pruning is not fun. Pruning is not somebody going to give you an applaud and say, cheer you. But I believe the more you prune, the more fruits you're going to bear. I lived in South Africa for four years and close to your winery. The best wine come from South Africa is from Stalinbush. You can Google it. The best wine. And one of my friends, he took me there and he showed me the ones that bear so much grapes, they actually the farmer prunes it. And I asked them, why are you cutting? That's already pruned. No, I want it to bear more fruit. Sometimes we think, why? I'm doing everything correct. I'm going to church. I'm worshipping the Lord. I'm giving my tithes and offering. I'm being committed. Why, Lord, I'm having these challenges? Why this relationship problem? Why this choice problem? Why this crisis? You know what? God is taking you to the next level of a higher, greater fruits. Amen? I want to pause here for like 10 seconds and pray with someone. So just grab someone's hand. We're going to pray, especially because I felt in my heart there are some relationships God put in your heart, put in your life that has bring a lot of challenges. Some crises have come. God wants to tell you this morning, there is no condemnation, son. There is no condemnation, daughter. I'm going to help you to overcome this challenge. Father, I just pray right now in the name of Yeshua. Father, this pruning stage, we will not abort it. We will not quit it. We will yield to this pruning. I pray that you will give us the grace to go through this this tunnel, fiery tunnel. But we will come out bearing fruit that brings glory to your name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Romans 5, 3 to 5 says this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. We know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Amen. This is the Paul writes this Romans. You know, when, when Paul wrote this epistle, or most of his epistle, he didn't write in a five-star hotel, drinking pina colada, enjoying his, you know, drink. And No, most of his epistles he wrote in a dungeon. Especially when he wrote the book of Philippians, he wrote in a dungeon, in a dark cell. And it was, he was very old when he wrote that. No one was there. That's why he writes in the last book, he says, some of my close friends deserted me. And, but he says in those books, Rejoice in the Lord. Yet again I say, rejoice. Amen. I believe it's not the conditions around us as to define our joy. It's the presence of God in us defines who the condition is. Amen. It's very important. Sometimes we are focused on the condition to change. I read this funny uh, statement in the, in the Facebook. And Facebook has got funny and also not so funny statements. And I don't have all the ducks in a row. But I have all the squirrels, but they are everywhere. You know, sometimes it's not funny for you, maybe. <laughs> so maybe it's funny for me. Uh, but that's the thing. Sometimes we want to make sure all the ducks in a row so that we can jump into this. No. Sometimes challenging situations around you, but it's okay. What's happening outside is doesn't define who you are inside. Who you are is defined by the King Almighty. Amen? Alright. This is the third one. Very interesting one. And I believe this is going to shock some people, but I believe God is going to help us to grow in this. Watch out for the weeds that doesn't choke 
the word of god in your heart and bible has got lot of parables especially the synoptic gospels 38 parables there is only one parable that's repeated all the gospels one of the parable is the parable of the seed and the sower okay and there is a big chunk of portion read luke chapter 8 verse from 4 to 15 it talks about the seed and the soil and the weeds the seed talks about the gospel the word of god the soil talks about the heart condition and the weeds talks about the worry the materialism and the opinions of people okay and i want to talk today just briefly about the soil there are four kinds of soil i wrote down this four kinds of soil and we may have this soil so i saw that's why you need to examine your heart the first soil could be a hard nut heart you know hard nut people say he is a hard nut to crack have you heard that thing he is a hard nut to crack which is a we sometimes we be so rigid with our cultural understanding with our religious background we, we are not able to see beyond that that's a hard nut god can still come into you and speak but we are so covered with our religiosity we can't see god because of our hard nut the second one is an i impulsive heart that's peter yeah sometimes we get so impulsive he saw jesus talking with elijah and moses he said let's not go crucify let's bring a tent sit here enjoy do kumbaya you know sometimes we have this i impulsive heart we do something impulsive to please people to win some people's attention that's a i impulsive heart the third one is an emotional roller coaster heart one time you are saying lord i will never betray you another time you say i swear to god I don't know this guy you are talking about. Some, you know, Peter represents so many of of us. I don't know about you, but he represents me a lot. You know, sometimes you feel like like I will never get, give up to you, Lord. But another time is like, man, I wish you never asked me that question. And that roller coaster, emotional roller coaster. You know, David is a wonderful example for emotional roller coaster. He says, Lord. blessed are those one who take the babies and dash them against the wall that's in the bible okay and says blessed be your name o lord great is your faithfulness it's like he's got any split mentality or something the one side he's saying i'm going to do a pillow fight with your kids another side he's saying blessed be your name this roller coaster sometimes we go through that suddenly we are so hyped suddenly we are roller coaster the last one the good yielding heart and that's what we need to understand where is our heart is am is my heart a hardened heart hardened happens because we are so focused on religious activities you know my religion says my custom says my tradition says i cannot do this you know customs and traditions are not there are there to serve you you are not to serve them amen The second one is I impulsive heart. The third one is emotional roller coaster heart, and the fourth one is good yielding heart. Ask yourself the Holy Spirit this question: God, where I am at? You know, sometimes I am a emotional roller coaster. Lord, bring me to this place. Let my heart yield to your work, because intimacy is not just having a good time on one day. It's every day, day in, day out, day in, day out. So that's why the Bible says, when you when you do this, Luke two fifty two says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and won favor before God and men. There are four growth everyone needs to go through in life. Four growth. The first one is the physical growth. The second one is spiritual growth. The third one is intellectual growth, and the fourth one is social growth. These four growth are very important. And if you don't have this growth, 
people look at you and say well you know when you are intellectually down they say you are dumb when you are socially down they say you are not pleasant when you are physically down they say you are sick but when you are spiritually down you lose the intimacy with the lord the other things you can learn physical growth you need boost is the secret form of your energy hmm? social growth connect with friends put some instagram pictures you never see a bad picture on instagram right even the biryani paradise biryani i've been in vaishak i took a biryani of the shot before you ate not the le- after you ate no because the bones and the stuff everything you never take that picture and say that's the thing social growth but then you have an emotional growth social growth but there is spiritual growth spiritual growth it's not visible but it's deep down in your heart it's between you and god nobody can judge i can't say anything you can say praise the lord amen but that's it but deep down in your heart you know where you are at with christ and that comes by daily yielding to the presence of god so that's what jesus did in 252 jesus grew in wisdom and stature and one favor before god and men amen you might have heard the statement you you can put so many irons in the fire but you may put out the fire that means if you are burning the candles both sides it's not it's not intelligent enough so i want to challenge you to think about like this like ask yourself lord am i allowing my will to do god's will am i yielding yourself myself so that your name can be glorified in and through my life so these are the three things i shared let's go through quickly the first one abiding in jesus is not an event but a lifestyle number 2 pruning is part of discipleship that means pruning is not punishment punishment is to do with your past pruning is to do with your future amen let's settle that in our mind because sometimes the moment we go through pruning we think oh god is punishing no god is not punishing you okay number 3 watch out for the weeds so what kind of heart we have the fourth one very simple trust in god's timing trust in god's timing why i said this because sometimes we have the vision or the dream god has given to us and we sometimes want to run ahead of the dream giver god is more interested in conquering us than conquering through us and it takes time if you read the story of heidi baker i mean we are starting a school and she started a school you might not know the story it it took her first almost every year to start one by one one by one today in mozambique it is the number one school in the nation of mozambique and it took her 12 years to build 12 grade and now she is building a university and in the 1990s nobody knows 1990s nobody knows who is heidi baker we know someone is hiding and we know baker but we never put together there is a name called heidi baker but today she is one of the prominent apostles in faith why i'm telling you this sometimes you may have a dream but the dream is not important the dream giver is important hold on to him hang in with him that's the journey that i am at right now i have dreams i have lot of dreams if i share some of the dreams you may think i'm smoking something weird you know but i'm going to hold on to my dream but that's not point i'm going to hold on to the dream giver amen trust in god's timing growth is intentional first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 24 beautiful verse it says he who started in you is faithful to accomplish it circle that word accomplish he will finish it he will finish it he who started in you 
put your hand on your heart the one who started in me the one who gave me this dream the one who gave me this idea will accomplish it amen just just believe in this you know that's that's what it says you know the one who started in you who wrote this paul he was he wrote 13 letters out of almost he wrote almost two thirds of the new testament and this guy he he's saying the one who started in you he will finish trust in him he is the dream maker amen he is the miracle worker he is the light in the darkness we sang we sing about it sometimes we sing because it's a catch phrase but we don't realize how deep that words are he is the dream giver he is the miracle worker he is the light in the darkness so let's hold on to him you know that's why i wrote down here trust in the presence of god trust in the promises of god trust in the purposes of god trust in the provision of god trust in the protection of god amen i know it's sometimes it's challenging we can take notes we can write it down and we say wow it's nice beautiful but then to put it in practice it's a little bit challenging but i want to challenge you to to cultivate a habit you know the cultures are formed based on particular habit we say we, you know when when we go to another culture we always say this english culture is like this and when the english people or spanish people when they come they say the indian culture is like this culture is not talked culture is lived how culture happens it's through a collection of habits and the collection of habits becomes a behavior and the behavior changes into a lifestyle lifestyle shows a culture right that's how it is you never serve chapati on your left hand when you go to your home right we know out incoming outgoing we know this right so we never we do that but in the western culture it doesn't matter you know the guy says you want a piece of bread i'm like hmm, did you wash your hand that's my first hand what's my thought but it's their culture they don't have right okay <laughs> the first day when i got engaged with her and she was making chapati and she was like here on chapati i'm like hmm, lord jesus sanctify this you know <laughs> but but that's her culture it doesn't mean anything but if you give someone a left hand it's you know it's it's different but that's culture came from a a group of behavior a group of habits habits behavior behavior into a lifestyle lifestyle culture let's start a habit a habit of hanging in the bible says psalms 80 quicken me lord hang in there in the presence of god let's cultivate that habit the habit will eventually cultivate a behavior the behavior will cultivate a lifestyle the lifestyle will share a kingdom culture amen my prayer is that when you exercise that kingdom culture this culture will be that's what the bible says you are like the east in the kingdom of god that culture will permeate the east the dow becomes part of the east the east will never become a dow but the east goes inside and changes and i believe wherever you are planted god has kept you as an east amen you are an east god has put you as an east you may be so insignificant you may be the one single person god doesn't need majority to change god need one person available heart amen in fact he brought so many people gideon he said that's too much send those guys away he took 300 people amen i was reading the story of amy carmichael this morning i couldn't sleep 4:30 i woke up i was reading praying and then bumped into this uh, book 
and I was reading on my Kindle and then it talks about Amy Carmichael. So I googled Amy Carmichael and she, she came and she stayed here for 55 years. 55 years without a furlough. And the last 20 years, she's not even able to walk because she fell down and fell sick. And she wrote close to 70 books. Only a few of them are in print right now. And she said this beautiful statement. I'm going to read this. Okay, She said this. It is a safe thing to trust him to fulfill what? Fulfill the desires that he creates in your heart. It is a safe thing to trust him to fulfill the desire that he creates. And you know what Amy Carmichael would do? She would, she is blonde, no? She would take the coffee, grind it, apply it on her hair. And she always had this desire to have blue eyes, but then she had brown eyes. So, so later she realized because God gave her brown eyes because a lot of Indians have brown eyes, you know. Now we put fake ones, you know, but anyway. But this is the reason. She would be there. She would walk miles and miles and she would go on the dusty roads and rescue one girl who has been in a victim of a child prostitution. And today CSI Trinidad Diocese took over that ministry and doing an amazing, fabulous ministry. Some of, one of my friends, our friend, came out from the children's home. He's doing a fabulous ministry in Bangalore. The Donavur Missions. One lady who gave her life. And, and actually she was inspired by Hudson Taylor. She listened to Hudson Taylor. And Amy Carmichael inspired Jim Elliot. Can you imagine? Hudson Taylor was inspired by William Wilberforce. Guys, you, you look at this. There is a chain of events. All these guys, they never thought they were heroes. They just did it. They just obeyed it. They just yielded their will to the will of God. That's it. They never thought. They had this dream. What was the dream? Following Jesus. What he could have done.